Welcome back to New World Next Week. I'm James Corbett of CorbettReport.com. And I'm James Evan Pilato from MediaMonarchy.com. We foresee a possible humanitarian disaster in the works. We've got that story, plus the maniacal mustache of doom gets shaved. But first, the Trump administration asked to delay release of 9-11-related documents. What an unwelcome 9-11 anniversary gift here. The Trump administration asked for more time to decide whether to shield documents concerning allegations of official Saudi involvement in 9-11, a sign that top Justice Department officials are struggling with how to handle demands from victims' families' demands to release the information. Families seeking the information as part of a lawsuit against Saudi Arabia that accuses its government of helping coordinate the 2001 attacks. The B-Team, B-Thing, Urban Moving Systems, Odigo, the dancing Israeli lawsuits not included. U.S. government's pending decision comes amid broader tensions between Washington and Riyadh, which of course is, you know, the most important concern here, not 3,000 dead people, through which President Trump has largely, largely stood by, of course, Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman. The law allows the Justice Department to withhold certain documents under the rarely used state's secret privilege designed to prevent the release of information that would harm national security if disclosed in the course of civil litigation. Invoking the privilege would require Attorney General William Barr's approval. A judge agreed to postpone a recent Friday deadline until September 12th, after the Justice Department suggested in a court filing that the FBI intends to try to keep at least some of the information from public view. Releasing the information could further strain the relationship with the Saudi government, but refusing to do so would put the administration and the FBI against the families of 9-11 victims and survivors. James? All right. Well, you picked up on several of the propaganda angles that are going on here because there is a lot going on. But essentially, I think the most important thing to keep in mind that is, is, of course, this is something of a follow up to what we covered last week, the 9-11 distraction story. KSM, trial date set for 2021. This is news. WTC7, what's that? And of course, the Saudi, the Saudis behind 9-11 and the lawsuits. This is an ongoing part of the deception uh, that surrounds the 9-11 myth to this very day that I'm sure my listeners and your listeners will be somewhat familiar with, but if not, go and re-familiarize yourself with, uh, with, for example, my commentary on the much-vaunted 28 pages when that was released. I'll throw a link in so people can refresh their memory on that. Essentially, there has been a hidden trapdoor of sorts in the 9-11 story since the very beginning. They, they implanted it there. It's the it's the Saudis what did 9-11 story that has been implanted there so that it can be uncovered at the appropriate time if and when they ever need to, uh, you know, pull a safety valve on the whole 9-11 lie as things start to fall apart. So, the, uh, and again, let's keep in mind what, what is being said here. There were Saudis and they did have involvement in what was the 9-11 plot, but to think that it starts and ends with the Saudis and the Americans had no idea. Bush had no idea what Bandar Bush was doing <laughs> and this kind of thing is just, I mean, outright nonsense, but it is what we are expected to swallow every time they drudge this up. And in fact, on that very note, Corbett Report member UK Dave C just recently unearthed, he put a link in the comment section at CorbettReport.com to the Florida Bulldog, which has just obtained a, uh, well, not newly released exactly, but at least newly obtained uh, tr meeting notes from the 9-11 Commission 
Clinton's meetings, i.e. Philip Zelikow and his staffs, meeting with Bandar Bush, I believe in 2003. And you can go and read through that document and see what they talked about and what they didn't talk about. Um, one of the interesting quotes in there for me was uh, Bandar Bush saying that it seems that the attacks were designed to drive a wedge between the U.S. and Saudi Arabia or something like that. And yeah, in a sense, yes, because as I say, this has always been the, the surprise limited hangout they've kept in the box for all these years that they could release at any time. Whenever there is actual tension between Riyadh and Washington, they could, they could always just go, hey, it was the Saudis that did 9-11, now we're coming after you guys. So, uh, again, big, the big point of this is, this is the, a, a yet another part of the sideshow distraction that they like to bring up around the 9-11 anniversary, of course, to keep people focused on either the main official lie or its uh, first layer of uh, cover-up limited hangout. And of course, what comes up a few weeks after this 18th anniversary of 9-11, of course, we have the 18th anniversary of the longest war in American history. So if all these things point to the Saudis, remember, we were in Afghanistan within just a matter of weeks after the events of 9-11. James, I will include in the show notes, we'll go back to just under two years ago on this very show, New World Next Week. Trump blocks full release of JFK assassination records after last-minute CIA push. If uh, we're having a lot of hope that any of these documents might even actually come out. So our second story this week on New World Next Week, episode 384 for September 12, 2019. A little bit of unmitigated good news, James. Bolton tried his best to draw the U.S. into war. Luckily, he failed. President Swamp Thing has parted ways with his hawkish national security advisor, John Bolton, ending a 17-month tenure that included additional troops deployed to the Middle East, saw the U.S. repeatedly threaten military action against Venezuela, and brought the country within minutes of bombing Iran. In May 2018, less than two months after Trump announced Bolton's appointment on Twitter, of course, Bolton achieved part of his dream when the Trump administration pulled out of the Iran nuclear deal and set U.S.-Iran relations on a path towards escalation. I, again, I, I wonder where he gets all these ideas from. According to a New Yorker profile, Trump's decision to abandon the agreement meant so much to Bolton that he hung a framed copy of the executive order in his office. The strategy that defined Bolton's tenure was to torpedo the slow work of diplomacy and position the U.S. as aggressively as possible, no matter the results. U.S. adversaries would capitulate to the demands with Iran, a country Bolton has long recommended bombing. Experts say his efforts may have backfired and pushed the country to renuclearize. Bolton's recess appointment as United Nations ambassador back in 2005 was widely viewed as a sign that the George W. Bush administration had a lot of contempt for, of course, the United Nations. John Bolton famously remarked that if the U.N. headquarters lost 10 stories, it wouldn't make a bit of a difference. So that little bit of extra, I, I don't know, sort of, this is the anniversary of buildings losing a lot of stories. So having Bolton have those quotes swirl around right now. And again, seeing him go down on September 10th, it's again, there's a lot of interesting stuff going on, James. So we can at least breathe a slight sigh of relief that one neocon psychopath is out of the swamp again. Yeah, but here's the real question. 
Why was he in that swamp? And you'll notice that the, the mental gymnastics that the uh, QAnon 5D chess people played at the time that he was appointed. Oh, this is a master move by Trump. He's bringing the neocons in so that he can, he can keep the enemies closer, blah, 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 whatever mental gymnastics they had to do. Well, I guess that's all out the window because Bolton came in, wreaked his havoc for a year and a half or whatever it is, and has now been kicked out unceremoniously. Well, he should have never been there in the first place. That's the point of this. Why would you let an insane maniac like John Bolton within a thousand miles of anything approaching a corridor of power. Um, it's just, it's uh, horrific. And it speaks to what is, uh, I mean, draining the swamp really means, which means uh, filling it up with random swamp creatures and kicking them out uh, in a revolving door. Um, it's the same thing with Jeff Sessions. Trust Jeff Sessions. He's going to do it. Trust John Bolton. He's, Trump has a master plan. No, there is no master plan. This is nonsense. And now here's the part of the story people can fill me in. I haven't been covering every headline. I've been quite busy with my 9-11 work, as I hope people can appreciate. So I haven't been covering every headline related to this, but I do understand that uh, uh, part of what is being cited as one of the reasons that Bolton ultimately got kicked was disagreements between Trump and Bolton over Afghanistan uh, and whether or not he should you know, meet with the Taliban, etc. But as far as I'm aware, the Taliban meeting at Camp David was cancelled, and that is off the table, at least at this point particular time. So I don't think it's even actually changed anything with regards to the direction that the Afghan peace talks, whatever they are, are heading uh, anyway. So again, what does this even mean and who's going to be appointed after him to fill in that vacant slot? Uh, I'm not holding my breath for some amazing pick of some great peace peacemaker or something. Again, it's just going to be another swamp creature. Well, and it's been, yeah, I mean, <laughs> carpet of gold or carpet of bombs. And, and the headline, this was, you know, Another hilarious bit of just the, the the news world order, as it were. A couple of days ago, when this story broke, secret meetings canceled. Like, okay, I don't, I don't think that's how secrets work, but uh, all right. Uh, of course, we should also mention what other neocon swamp creatures were in there even before John Bolton, and that is, of course, 9-11 suspect Rudy Giuliani. So finally, James... The boogaloo approaches, and I don't know if you've seen this in, in alternative media, this term boogaloo being used to refer to armed insurrection against the government. And there are some hilarious memes related to it, but of course there's some deeper stories that connect to it, James. Storm Area 51 event canceled over safety concerns. Alien Stock, a music festival spinoff of the Storm Area 51 viral event, has been canceled out of fear for visitor safety amid armed and angry locals, military police, and punishing desert conditions. Alien Stock, set to take place in Rachel, Nevada, the closest town to the secretive Area 51 airbase, was canceled out of fear it would turn into Firefest 2.0, referring to a recent notorious music festival that bilked attendees for hefty ticket prices, only to strand them on a tropical island in the Bahamas with no infrastructure and no festival. Due to the lack of infrastructure, poor planning, risk management, and blatant disregard for the safety of the expected 10,000-plus alien stock attendees, we decided to pull the plug. The festival had been scheduled for the weekend of September 20th, the same day as the original Storm Area 51 event. We foresee a possible humanitarian disaster in the works and can't participate in any capacity. We just don't want anyone to get injured or stuck in the middle of the desert. The town of Rachel was also actively warning guests away, informing them that local landowners 
many of whom were opposed to the festival, would step up to protect their property and that the military installation itself would be guarded not only by Air Force security, but also by the Lincoln County Sheriff's Department and several federal agencies. A lack of transparency from the owner of the Little Alien the town bar, which held the permit for the event, contributed to the decision to cancel, according to Rachel Nevada authorities, who said she was unable to provide proof of deposits or any paper proof of anything. Storm Area 51 Base Camp, a competing event scheduled to take place the same weekend at the Alien Research Center in Heiko, Nevada, 45-minute drive away from Rachel, also received a permit and still appears to be expecting 20,000 people with live entertainment, including talks by ufologists, alien-inspired art, Music and films. James, have you been following any of this? And I'm sure we've made just sort of brief passing references to the Storm Area 51 event, but but it's uh, it's getting closer. Right. Yeah, I believe we were talking about Storm Pedophile Island and Storm the Best Deal and all this other stuff that's swirling around in the pop cultural zeitgeist at the moment. Um, I, I I think and. Let me put an asterisk next to this. I don't have any, you know, insider information on this. This is speculation. But I think it is curious that the whole Storm Area 51 meme appeared at the exact moment, at literally the exact same time that that new Bob Lazar movie documentary on Netflix appeared. Uh, I wonder if there's some viral internet marketing going on. Uh, anyway, th th that's speculation. But um, regardless of where this came from or, or how it originated, I think it is a win-win for the propagandists in the sense that this is a big example, first of all, to show that the idea of actually people getting up, getting en masse, actually deciding we are going to find out something about something and doing something is really just a joke. It's just kind of an internet joke. That's all it's ever turned into. And, and oh, let's, let's create a little concert around it. Uh, you know, I mean, they, they turned it into a joke, essentially. Um, also, the fact that it's not even, it's all falling apart and it's not even going to happen just, again, shows there's no point in standing up. There's no point in people going out and, and actually doing something because it's not going to come to anything. So, again, this is just a big propaganda bonanza, really, essentially. Um, so there's that aspect to it. It does make you wonder, imagine if this type of idea was applied to something of real relevance and that uh, was actually followed through with. I mean, can you imagine? But that's precisely why they're going to try to steer fake mo movements and then scuttle them at the last minute just to, just to show that there's nothing you guys can do out there. People don't matter. That's a lie, of course, but that's what they want you to believe. Well, of course, I mean, I've talked a lot on past New World Next Week episodes about this idea of mass movements, a really kind of, I think, scary thing that we see where seemingly millions of people can kind of be whipped up into a frenzy to kind of get into whatever again, as I've kind of lamented. It's all just a bunch of pop culture junk anymore. Oh, Illuminati, Beyonce, woke. It's, you know, it's it's just all a bunch of marketing buzz terms. Again, stripped of anything that used to be real. And this pretty much is the MO for the powers that shouldn't be in any place. They hide the real and sell you back the fake. So whether that's education or food or entertainment, it pretty much works all the same way. So, James, you know, I will be keeping an eye on any sort of crazy music festivals that connect to, of course, the, the deep states, as there have been folks in my chat that have basically joked about kind of fundraising. You know, like, I'm the closest to be able to get over to Area 51 as I'm down here in, in New Mexico. Well, I have to do some pretty quick fundraising there, James, as that's coming up pretty soon. So as I always like to wrap up these episodes on my end, at least, speaking of my awesome chat, 
That's right. Today, September 11th, is actually the 14th anniversary or birthday, whichever you like, of Media Monarchy. I went online September 11th, 2005 at mediamonarchy.blogspot.com. And finally now in this 2019, I'm able to do it as my job. And again, I don't really care how people support us as long as they support our work. James, as you and I both say, as little as a dollar a month keeps us going and growing and keeps us ad-free and I think truly independent. So I stream news, music, memes, and more Monday through Friday, 9 to 5 Mountain Time at Media Monarchy. I think it's like the best damn radio station you've never heard. James? Excellent. Well, let me echo that. Without the support of people out there, this uh, program wouldn't exist. 9-11 whistleblowers wouldn't exist. All of this work would not exist. So thank you to all the people who are subscribing. And on that note, we're going to talk to you again next week. All right. Thanks so much, buddy. Take care.